Welcome to the Fair Chase Podcast. It's like, yeah, it's going to be physically it's hard, suck, but, but it's also like the best. Later on, that's the story you tell. I got a new strategy. It's, you just go kind of lick your finger a little bit like this. Aim high, play the wind. And then you aim high, you play the wind. It's a new aiming technique that I'm working on. You brought this up. Yeah. It's because you had target panic so bad. Yeah, I didn't have it so bad. Before we jump into this episode, we have to thank a few companies that make this show possible. First up, Vortex Optics. We run their binoculars, spotting scopes, and uh, a lot of their clothes in their Vortex wear line. Quality hoodies. sweaters and hoodies, t-shirts, hats. Yep. You uh, can save yourself 20% on that stuff. Buy. Ooh, it's a new code. The code TFC20. Check them out. Next up, Trophy Line. Trophy Line. No secret, we are saddle guys. We like to hunt in saddles, make the jokes if you want, but yep. they're super light, super effective, and we're big fans of Trophy Line. This year we're going to be running the Mission Platform or the EDP Platform, the EDP. depending, and uh, running the Covert Light. Yeah. Nice and light saddle. Lots of good adjustability on that. I feel comfortable walking with that thing out in the woods. Go yep. check this thing out. Use the code TFC10 to save yourself 10% on the next purchase. Next up, Prime. The bow that got me to switch back. I think I feel like I got you to switch back. You did, but but I like. But it was it's a big because part. of Prime shootability, shooting your bow, their accuracy. Uh, we're big fans of Prime. They're Michigan company. Jared's shooting the Nexus Four. I'm shooting the Nexus Two this year. Go check them out. G5Prime.com. We uh, we're big GPS map users on our phone. Um, I get tend to get lost a lot, and Jared you do tend to get lost. A lot. Jared can't always be next to me. When you don't have Jared with you, you can have a little Jared in your pocket. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> this is an awesome platform. We know the guys. They're local here in Grand Rapids. And you can actually download other apps, stand locations, plot locations, whatever pins that you have, you can download them onto the HuntWise platform. So you're not, you can, give you it just, a try. You can just hit the ground. And you're not losing your research. Yeah. So go check this app out, HuntWise.com. You know, I was actually asked this weekend if we weren't partnered with Vector and like I had to shoot a different arrow would I shoot vectors? Oh, yeah, for sure. And I said, yes, of course. Yeah. I love them. I shoot extremely accurate with them. I've never broken one. Yeah. And the sweet thing was is you pretty much just tell Isaac and the guys over there your draw length, draw weight, and I think your tip weight. Your tip weight, and they have a – And then you customize the whole thing. And you they can do it right tip, online. cut, and everything. You don't have to mess with the bow shop or anything like that. Check these guys out, vectorcustomshop.com. For 10% off your order at checkout, use TFC10. Good luck out there. Shoot straight. You know, I think people like automatically assume when you launch a business in the hunting space, the outdoor space, that you're automatically going to have like more time to hunt. And yeah. this is like the first year I haven't like been constantly thinking about hunting every single day leading up to September, which is when a lot of the general Idaho, elk, you know, general hunts start for archery yeah. just because it's been so busy. But this weekend, I'm actually going out to help a buddy in Wyoming and region G, uh, a deer hunt. And so I'm excited to go out. We've got some prototypes for some other optics we're getting ready to launch. So we'll go do some recording and, and put some teaser videos together out there. So this will be the first time I get to actually go out this year besides like a, a one-day trip helping somebody with antelope. So it'll be good. You, you're in Idaho, you said? Yep. What part? Uh, Southeast Idaho. So it's a town called Shelly. It's like 15 minutes from Idaho Falls. Okay. I wasn't too terribly far bear hunting this year on the Montana side, just along. Okay. We, we went in from Bozeman and just kind of hugged the border all the way up to pretty like much Island Park, Island Park kind of border. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Great area. A lot of bears over there. Too many grizzlies, honestly. Yeah. You know what? Everybody said that. And we got, 
we had moments where you're walking around and you get kind of that funny feeling. And then you look down and you see like fresh crap, <laughs> fresh bear poop on the ground. It's like, Oh, you know, and, it, and there's one point we're walking through and it, me and Joe, um, and it was getting dark and I'm like, you know, this is my first time bear hunting out West. Uh, and so I, I, I but I never really hunting at all in grizzly country. <laughs> so I'm like, I got my rifle on me, uh, but I look over and like we get cut, both kind of got that feeling. Like I said, you see this bear scat on the ground, and he was he didn't say anything, but he was walking like drawn, like, and so it was uh, very different than just a whitetail hunting up in uh, northern Michigan, where it's you're not really worried about anything like that. Yeah, the thing about that area too is, you, I mean, you just can't hunt grizzlies, right? And so they don't feel very threatened with humans yet. Like I'll run into black bears over there and they're immediately like just taken off on a, on a dead run, but grizzly bears, I mean, they'll walk. I, I, there was one time I was elk hunting up there and we called one in, like I was using my cow call and we called a big old grizzly boar into like 30 yards coming to put a stock on an elk. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I had enough encounters of those that I decided to switch the zone that I hunt for elk. We just had too many <laughs> grizzly encounters and it was making me nervous. So we switched zones, but that's, I mean, that's great country up there for bear hunting. Well, and it's like, you know, that's what I'm saying. I'm just like, not used to it. So I'm like, I don't know. I think this is, you know, you, I think this is dangerous, but I don't really know. And I also, <laughs> I looked at see Joe with it out and he's, he's spent a lot of time hunting out there. I'm like, Oh, okay. You know, better get ready. Cause apparently like, you know, this could get hairy. Uh, yeah. No, so that's cool. You live in a beautiful state. Um, we, uh, you tried to get a, a elk tag up. Was that this year or last year? trying to get an elk uh, tag yeah up. it was last year i tried getting the the elk tag for just any kind of elk tag and they've got a deal for veterans or who are a certain disability rating that they, boy ain't right they they get in like they get resident tags oh, yeah dang. yeah it's it's pretty slick i could have got a like an elk resident elk but it was tag. like a pretty i don't what's the draw like i, I don't know anything about it it's like pretty a, hard there's get. only 300 of them oh. and there were tens of thousands of people do you remember which, which unit or zone it's for any zone oh anything yeah anything so it's, if, if you're that first i would say within the first a thousand people into that pool you got a good chance of of getting one so, so that's cool i didn't pull i was nineteen thousand eight hundred in line or something like that <laughs> i mean i could have gotten bit. some of the i could have gotten some of the, the northern zones up in the finger yeah up in the panhandle i like finger yeah, finger panhandle. better florida's got i could have got one but it wasn't oklahoma's got a finger maybe too they all have fingers mm -hmm. yeah i haven't um, spent time hunting that north stuff just because i'm so close to a lot of good units here but right. i've heard this beautiful country up there too well pull a tag this next year yeah i'm dude. trying to man. i'm trying to are you are you you're going where are you going next year are we are we doing, going somewhere? I mean, you going somewhere? It's all dependent on your, yeah, your oh. plans. Like yeah. About tentatively. I'm trying to go, I'm trying to get a moose hunt in Newfoundland. Uh, my wife and I have been wanting to go there just to travel anyways. And so uh, I'm like, well, if we're going to go there, let's just take an extra week of vacation and probably go kill moose, you know? Uh, so we're going to try to do that. It's just, they're Canada. Can, they're not, the friendliest towards they just they're co they're not covid friendly yet you know uh so we're gonna just let that play out otherwise we'll uh otherwise you you and i are, are we going we're going alaska, alaska? Yep. we're going back to avenge my mishaps yep yeah i uh 
We what are you chasing What's that? What are you chasing there? Uh, caribou. Yeah, I just got oh, back uh, from doing that that Dalton hunt, and I did a, we did a podcast on it. But long story short, uh, my bow got knocked out of tune at some point uh, when I was traveling. Uh, actually, after I had gotten to, uh, to Alaska, but sometime when I was crawling around or whatever, I must have bumped something because I <laughs> I took I missed one caribou for a bull four times. <laughs> like the first shot, it was like I'm like I mean, it's in my range, it's far. But it's like, I'm ready. I'm pretty calm. I got, I'm on the vitals. I shoot and I, at, I shoot with my eyes, both eyes open. It was kind of more of a recent thing, but I found that I could see the arrow flight really well when you do that. Yeah. And I look at my arrow is literally like almost totally perpen- perpendicular mm-hmm. to me oh, no. in the air. I'm like, Oh crap. And of course, like in that moment that happens, you're a little frazzled. So it's like, all right, but you know how caribou can be, it's comes closer. So I'm like, all right you know, get ready at 60 yards, miss, same thing happened. And then he comes to 40 yards. I'm like, wow, what are the, what are the odds? I'm going to have the same problem. Sure enough, did it again. So, uh, all that to say is, yeah, we have to go back and avenge and actually just take rifles out yeah. and go farther <laughs> back. And it's way easier because it's the five mile, you know, the corridor. Right. So if we get far enough back there, we just do that. We tag out real fast. We fish some, uh, mm. some grays, graylings. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, nothing worse than having some equipment malfunctions when you're out there on a hunt like that. It was my first time, first time ever having that. I always, I've heard about it, read about it, you know, guys telling stories about it. And I always assumed, yeah, maybe at some point I'd have it, but I never really thought it could happen to a guy like me. Never, you know, you know not to a guy never. like me. That wouldn't be right. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, to have that happen. Was it's probably because he's a bigger fan, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well I sh- what i should do is i should have and i i have done this in the past is mark put marks on my stuff mm. so i'm just i can turn it right back because that i think it was actually in my rest but all that to say uh so we're we're gonna do that next year jared if not then so. are you trying for out too how like when do you find out if you get drawn in that pre- in the spring i don't remember okay and we're doing <laughs> are we doing our bear, alaska bear hunt are we doing that I think so. Spring. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So is, it like, is, is it his job to find all the hunts and you, you play different roles? That way you keep asking him. I, well, we, this is a conversation we haven't really had. It's kind of important. I've got a fourth yeah. kid on the way. This That's why I never like know. Two months, so it's, it's oh, serious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, girl. Down this month. So this That's why year. I'm like, are you, are you able, you know? And sometimes I feel like if I do it like while we're recording, you can uh, you can't get an you can't get an answer. I get some peer, <laughs> some peer pressure. I want a peer pressure. Don't do that. The millions of people that listen to this podcast, <laughs> they're they're all gonna yeah no yeah uh, okay. Well, hey, before we like keep you know just jabbering on, uh, Nate, you want to introduce yourself? Uh, yeah. Who you yeah. are? What you do? Where you're from? I guess you said where you're from, but all that other stuff. Yep. Yeah, Nathan Goodworth from Shelley, Idaho. Uh, grew up in Southeast Idaho, so super fortunate to live really close to some beautiful mountain ranges. So spent a lot of time in the outdoors, um, hiking, whitewater rafting, hunting, obviously, um, and doing a bunch of things and fell in love with the outdoors at a super young age um, and very passionate about entrepreneurship and business. Um, always had some sort of side hustle going on, whether it was a full-time gig or part-time gig. Uh, did a lot of, you know, window cleaning, carpet cleaning, ran a TV and internet retail business, joined another tech startup uh, like six years ago, 
um, ran that for five years, transitioned out just over six weeks ago. Well, actually about two months ago now and launched a new consumer good product in the outdoor space called All In. Uh, we do a magnetic digiscoping. All in. Mm -hmm. yeah. All all in. in. yeah. Um, all in. And yeah, so eight weeks ago, I went all in on all in. Um, and yeah, it's been going really good full time doing that full time. Now I still do a little bit of consulting for that previous tech company that I was running, but, um, yeah, been, been awesome to see this product that, that came about almost two years ago, uh, actually hit the market and it's been awesome to see people's response and yeah, appreciate you guys inviting me onto the podcast. Been cool to read a little bit about your story. And that's one of my favorite things about podcasts is to hear, you know, other people's stories and, I have like zero experience hunting out your direction. And so hopefully one day that'll happen and hopefully one day our paths will cross. So yeah, come out, man. We'll uh, put you on a ton of does. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I love does. Too. I don't judge, man. The meat's, the meat's good either way. So the meat's good either way. And actually I, I say that, but have you been seeing those bucks? I've been getting on yes, trail camera, man. I've been getting bucks, bucks. Like I, I usually will get like some, like, you know, one, one ten, one fifteen class like bucks. And I'm always, that's pretty cool. It's like, Oh, cool. You know, um, but this, but this year, year, this year, there's one that's gotta be in the one thirties. Oh, probably more than that. I more mean, it that, always looks bigger when they're in velvet, but. but still, man, it's, there's a, there's a, for our area, especially, and for just public land, uh, a fairly heavily hunted public, yeah. piece of public land that, uh, we have found just, we can't, I can't say too much because I do know that there are people yeah, that live. found a good pocket. Yeah, yeah we yes. found a good pocket. It's, found just, a good it's interesting. So, um, well, good luck. When does the hunt start for you guys there? Well, it starts, what, the first? October 1st. We won't be around for it, though. Mm -hmm. So, here's the question. So, we're headed to Kentucky for uh, the October 1, which is Michigan's opening day. Uh, but here's a question for you. So say we're going out and we're putting some more of our, we've got these Tacticam reveal trail cameras we throw out. Um, and say we've got a couple out and you get, we get that size buck that we've been seeing, you know, maybe you, we've got another one. It's like, they're showing up every day and it's like the 30th and you see them during daylight out. Like, would you go to Kentucky or would you go stay back to hunt that buck in your home homeland where you haven't historically seen a lot of big deer? Or would I can, you go? I can go, I can go sit in the tree stand for you and watch that buck while you guys go hunt another state. Yeah, right. We'll call, we'll call you because I was thinking about that. I'm like, I mean, Just divide and conquer. Yeah, right. <laughs> Kentucky will be like private land. It's yeah. Kentucky. It's I mean, it's absolutely gorgeous down there. The uh, Kentucky they, they grow bucks, but at the same time, it's that that home factor where it's like you got to get the job done. That'll be tough, man. There's pros and cons to each approach there. I'm going, I'd go to, I'd stay going to Kentucky. Yeah. Because I feel like, be fun trip. because I feel like you can always be like, well, I'll just keep my cameras out. And like, next time they do that, they, you know, if they start showing up again, watch that'll happen. That never comes back, you know, <laughs> or like beds down October 1, you know, right there. Yeah, um, my so anyway, so, is if you're hunting, you're, you're either way, you're going to be in a good spot. So that's right. That's right. So you are all in uh, entrepreneur. You've, did you, I mean, did you do this out of high school, out of college? When did you start like dabbling into just doing your, making your own way? Like entrepreneurship or all in? Yeah. Uh, entrepreneurship in general. Um, yeah, started doing some stuff in high school. Um, I have some uncles that are teachers. And so they ran a window cleaning company for years on the side just to bring in extra cash. 
And that kind of exposed me to that. And, you know, I've just kind of always wanted to do my own thing. So while I was going to school, I had started doing that, built a pretty good book of business, and then, you know, started learning the carpet cleaning, got into that just to kind of upsell some of the customers that we had. And then uh, while I was still going to school, um, you know, one of the goals was to get wife and I through debt, debt free, but I, I was the type of student that I had to spend some extra hours studying or I was not going to get good grades. So I needed a job that could bring in some income, but could be a little bit more flexible with the hours. And so that's what I was doing to get through school. As soon as I graduated, uh, started to transition that into a TV and internet retail business as well. This was all Southeast Idaho. And um, yeah, one of the things that I felt like I kind of lacked while I was doing that is the ability to kind of expand my network outside right. of just Southeast Idaho. And so I just kind of made some personal goals to, to start networking with individuals and network with some entrepreneurs in Utah. And that's how I got connected to Sign Glasses is the other company. So it's, they do, we do remote sign language interpreting and captioning through smart glasses. Oh, cool. So someone that's deaf can put on a pair of glasses um, and actually see a live interpreter live captioning in the glasses while they're looking at, you know, presentation or having a conversation. Um, and I got exposed to that, got brought on as kind of the first full-time guy, uh, was earning equity in the company. So wasn't getting paid, you know, hardly anything. My goal was to, to learn entrepreneurship at an accelerated rate, um, earn some equity in the company, hopefully grow it to the point where we could go through an acquisition and um, like I said, I actually still consult from for that company. There's like 20 employees now um, going extremely well. We just uh, just closed a big contract with Xbox and provide interpreting for Twitch streamers. So that's pretty Wait, exciting. That's really um, exciting. <laughs> yeah. And uh, working with some other the Pro Football Hall of Fame, we actually have our glasses are in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Um, uh -huh. so if you're deaf, you can come in there, put on these glasses and see what's going on. And um, so anyway, it's got to be like a big potential market for you right like all those different displays and that you could yep yeah yep, yep absolutely no big market and anyways was doing that and i i, I had transitioned into doing full-time sales there after we really got the, the thing running and it just got to the point where i was kind of feeling like it wasn't stretching and growing me as much as i wanted to anymore and that was a couple of years back and that's when this new idea came about all in this new digiscoping adapter and so it started out as a side hustle uh, completely unrelated to what I was doing over there. It's a consumer good product. So I had to figure yeah. out manufacturing, had to figure out, you know, all those different processes that you go, go through for, for a consumer good product and uh, just kept working at it super hard, got really good market validation on it and got to the point where I could finally make the jump and do that full time. And in an industry in a space that I'm, you know, obviously extremely passionate about growing up in Southeast Idaho. So yeah, I guess entrepreneurship's been yeah a big big part of my life for the last ten years, and hopefully continues to be that way. When you uh, kind of a side question, but there's a point to this question. Are mm -hmm. uh, you you live you've grown up in Southeast Idaho? Is that where your parents are from? Yep. Yep. Grandparents. Uh, yes. How many generations have lived in in Idaho for you? How long have you guys been there? Oh probably four or five generations. Really? Mm -hmm. I, I ask because I feel like everybody that talks about being out, we, we from the East refer to it as like out, out West and everybody at out West refers to it as back East. And usually they have a moment where they're like, they're, when they, their family came West, you know what I'm saying? Like there's a, a move that they usually have. Uh, and so I always wondered about that. Cause it's like, 
I mean, you're talking about being an entrepreneur and thinking about families making this move across the country. And that was the long stretch that I was trying to make. But as you were saying this, I was like, I wonder how long he's actually lived there. Um, so, so you've grown up Southeast, you grew up hunting. Yeah. As a kid, your, your parents hunt, your dad, I'm guessing, hunted. Is that, is that how it went? Yeah. So my dad comes from a family with 10 siblings. So eight brothers, two sisters. Uh, they grew up in a town called Blackfoot, Idaho. Yep. And yeah, they, uh, their dad, uh, super hardworking, very frugal. He was an engineer. Um, but the way they put food on the table was, was through hunting. And so he started at a very young age, um, getting after it. Uh, a lot of mule deer hunting is what he did. Um, and yeah, they go out with literally eight tags, um, and, you know, go hunt, a few, you know, a weekend or a week. And then they'd spend the next week just cutting up deer, putting it in the freezer. And that's what fed the family. And I was fortunate enough that out of all those siblings, my dad was actually one of the only ones that really like fell in love and was passionate about it. Right. A lot of the other ones, like they like being outdoors, but it was kind of just a chore for them to go yeah. and do that. Uh, my dad and then his dad, like not the case. It was like what they really loved to do. And so obviously exposed to that at a very young age. I remember hunting with my dad and my grandpa when I was like eight and watched my grandpa shoot an awesome three by four buck out in Malad. Um, and, you know, just obviously I just like, I just fell in love with it. And then on my mom's side of the family, not many hunters, but love the outdoors. Uh, they also have, they have eight siblings, so also a big family. And my grandma, very passionate about the outdoors. Every single year from when I was eight years old and older, we would do what's called a grandma hike. And it was grandma taking all the grandkids eight and older on a backpacking trip for three or four nights. And so <laughs> Palisades, um, all sorts of stuff like that. We'd be out at a super young age, just again, being in the outdoors. And so whether I was hunting or hiking, I just, I just fell in love with it. And so, yeah, I was definitely exposed by family. That's kind of what got me into it. And um, yeah, I haven't looked back since. So. And you found now an excuse to work in the hunting industry. <laughs> Yeah, finally, right? Yeah, I know. No, that's, that's awesome. And, well, you know, why don't you take a minute to describe like what your what all in is because um, for for it's it's interesting, especially for guys like us and Jared, given the alternative that's been on the market for a while. So you you want to explain what you what you make? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So first of all, that it, a lot of people pronounce it. That's why you guys were probably wondering how you pronounce it. So it's spelled O-L-L-I-N, uh, like almost sounds like Olin, but it's actually pronounced all in like A-L-L-I-N. Mm -hmm. And I'll share just a little backstory on how that name came about and why our business is named all in. Um, when we were going through this process of getting the business started, we wanted to come up with a, a company name that was more broad and universal so we could expand our product offerings down the road and not just be tied to like one particular product. Yeah. Um, and I happen to be reading this book called Aspire. Um, it's by a guy named Kevin Hall. It's all about, the book's all about the power of words and how they influence our lives. So each chapter he talks about a specific words and its origins and what it means. And as I was trying to come up with this company name, you know, I'd wrote, wrote down, you know, a mission statement, a vision that we wanted to try to accomplish. I was reading this book and this word all in uh, was in the book. And um, it's an ancient Aztec word. Uh, when a big storm or earthquake would shake the earth, these ancient Aztecs would scream and yell in urgency, this word all in. And it literally translates into moving and acting with all your heart. 
Mm. And the more I started reading that word, uh, the more I felt like it just aligned with what we were trying to accomplish. And it's the reason this company uh, came about. You know, I was moving and acting on top of another full-time job, trying to position myself in a way where I could pursue something that I was really passionate about. Um, it's also a word on the Mexica sunstone, and it signifies like the moment that somebody actually becomes aware of what they can become. Yeah. And just thought, you know, what what cooler company vision than trying to help people realize their potential and, and help them become aware of what they can become. And so All In is the company name spelled O-L-L-I-N. So O-L-L-I-N dot C-O is our website. Um, we innovated uh, a new magnetic digiscoping adapter. So just a quicker and more efficient way to connect your smartphone to an optic. Um, we launched with a, a, just a select few spotting scopes um, and we're expanding over the next year into many more spotting scopes, binoculars, hopefully get into rifle scopes and things like that. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what we, that's kind of what we sell. That's kind of how the name, the name all in came about. So. That's awesome. I, 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 I feel like the, the, uh, what's sweet about all in, first of all, we, we've used uh, alternative type products for connecting your phone to your, uh, your spotting scope mm -hmm. or whatever it's. First of all, when you first get started doing it, you're trying to angle and hold it. So like, it looks like you're, you know, you're having an earthquake cause it's shaking around. And the second way is like through a device that you attach to your phone that makes it like huge. Right. That right. doesn't really ever stick quite right to your, your eye cup and takes a while to do. And so usually it's like, Oh, there's something that's like, trying to get it all stuck on, have it all set back up onto your tripod. And, and so what's been cool to see is the guys using all in is they just like, will snap their phone right on. And it's like, instantly you see this picture and it's like, man, that would save us so much, have saved us so much time in the past, which is initially how I found you. I saw the video. I'm like, Oh, that's, that's, that totally makes sense. You know? Yeah. Yeah, and that's a that that pain and frustration that you just uh, described. Like, I think anybody that's done any sort of digiscoping or recording, you know, with their smartphone through their optics, they they ran into that type of challenge where they're trying to find the sweet spot. You know, they're fidgeting quite a bit. And for me, it was a it was a once in a lifetime bighorn sheep hunt that I drew out on in Idaho a, a couple of years back, where I you know it was the first time I actually took digiscoping like very serious as a tool that I could use to help you know hopefully harvest a mature bighorn sheep and there was one particular trip that I was in there 10,000 feet in elevation you know several miles in glassed up with my binoculars a massive ram you know pulled my spotting scope out the other digiscoping adapter that I had at the time by the time I was fidgeting trying to finally get that thing placed on there it had fallen off and anyways I missed like the opportunity to capture that awesome content and that's when that pain point became super real to me and that's kind of how this magnetic concept was born and and so, yeah, you, you described how it works, you, you know, whether you're recording a video straight up and down on your phone and, you know, portrait mode or you're shooting in landscape, the system that we built allows it to connect and give you that center fit just within an instant. And so you yeah. can start recording um, and keep that thing on the spotter and just keep moving um, while you're out. Because, you know, the, the style of hunting that I do, it's a lot of run and gun. Um, there's a lot of moving. And so I wanted to build something that that could help solve those issues, but you could still be on the move and keep going. So, yeah. There's nothing. I don't know why it's not enough. There's nothing. There's probably things, but the trying to get that right. And the frustration, how instantly frustrated I get when I'm mm -hmm. trying to just freaking get that on there. And I, 
you know, I just wanted to work. Adrenaline's going a little I'm bit. a little excited. Yeah. I'm just, yep. I had a moment with, I took, I have a different kind, uh, not an all in on my trip to Alaska. And I, I was at one point, I'm like, I'm just, I want to smash it. Like I'm, I'm angry about this thing. I just want to throw it out the window. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's cool because like phones now, like I have, I think the, I have the, I have the 13, the iPhone 13. It does ProRes and it does um, raw. It shoots in raw, so like mm-hmm. it, like this is a legit camera that you can. I mean, you can edit it up and it's a, like a sweet picture. So it's like you have like a very powerful camera and to, uh, to be able to connect it quickly to long range like that. That's freaking awesome. That's sweet, yeah. Yeah, it's an awesome tool, and it's just like it's just a fun way to go. You know, share the story with your friends, your family. Just yeah, when we have that content, being able to show it. Like it's one thing to to say what happened, but when you actually have video or, or cool pictures of it, it just, I don't know, it, just has, it has a lot of meaning, right? And so, yeah, I love it. So what you for guys got to media For social media too, it's like, so there are a lot of bad, bad things about social media, but one of the things I like is like watching these moments are like someone's out, you know, scouting and they get a, a field full of huge bucks or, you know, you see a guy through binoculars stalking up and taking a shot, like, I love to see that. It tells the story of a hunt. Like to be able to be part of that, that and make that easier for people. That, that's pretty cool. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, you guys got to tell me a little bit about like, you know, how how heavily is is that tool utilized like where you guys hunt, like Michigan and East Coast stuff. Like, you know, I that that's one thing I, I'm not as educated on. I imagine not utilized quite as much as as out west because you're doing, you know, tree stands, sitting blinds and different things like that. Uh, but how often do you guys out that direction use digiscoping adapters and, and the style of hunting that you guys do? I use it a lot. What about, I, I feel like scouting. Yes. In, in the scouting aspect, I mean, you're sitting in a truck glass in a field, you know, if you're having that spotting scope, you know, there's attachments you can put on the, on the side of your, put it around the window. I see yeah. that very very beneficial yeah especially if you want to capture that you know that buck that you can see way out in the field um i've never been a big proponent of glassing holy cow i've never i don't know i've I've just never used like binos or anything like that while i've been hunting and starting to get into it just a little bit more just because i've never had a good pair of glass to use right yeah it makes a big difference you know and now that i can you know shoot out i can see you know 500 yards out closer I've been starting to use it just a little bit more, but man, it's been a, it's been a struggle just cause I haven't been used to it. Yeah. Well, we'll do it. And it's like, you know, it's helpful. It's like yeah. for, I use my glass all the time, you know, all the time when I hunt now mm-hmm. that I have, but like you said, growing up, not until I was an adult that I have glass, I would bring nothing out. Cause it's like the alternative are like, they're so bad that they're not even worth the wait, you know? So now, now that we're older, we, we got adult size binoculars i feel like we use them a lot <laughs> you said you have to get into the habit of bringing them out mm-hmm. but yeah I, w- I would say for for scouting i would say it'd probably be the biggest advantage. Quite yeah because just because i mean the woods here it's it's dense i mean it's mm-hmm. where michigan is kind of a swampy state there's a lot of swamps it's real thick it's like a jungle in the summer yeah so you're really targeting more towards the the hunters who are using it for glass and fields or open open terrain swamp yeah can you imagine popping that up over that that swamp or like gun season that would be be really cool you bringing it up there and just being able to just glass that buck who's 200 yards away yeah again if you can if you have that distance and that terrain where you can actually use it yeah that'd be 
really sweet. Yeah, Jared, if you're going to get me on that massive dough, I need you to start recording. I need to know which ones are the biggest, you know, which one has the healthiest body. Like, you better start using it more. So I, so I know which dough is the best. That dominant dough. dough. You know, that long <laughs> dough was, yeah, the smartest deer in the woods. Smartest deer in the woods. Thanks, Dan. You know what? They are. They usually are pretty smart. They usually are pretty hard to hunt with, like old dough. Well, but, it's just like a leak cow. Yeah, it's exactly. Like they're, they've seen everything. They've you seen know. all the things get shot at. You know, yeah they 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 usually bust you a lot faster than the bulls where will that lead cow, right? They're the reason we can't get to the bull. Yeah, mm -hmm. they kind of ruin everything. Uh, that old or that old doe is always the one that will blow at you. You know, like blow up your spot and hey, ruin everything. Hey, hey, hey. hey. <laughs> man, holy cow! I hate that noise. That blow. It's, it's like you know what I'm talking about. You guys get that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's my wife does it to me too when she's mad. So yeah, I get it from both sides in the woods and at home. My wife will do the same thing when I'm <laughs> yeah, you hate that. You hate to hear that. Hi. <laughs> so uh you guys recently came out. I mean, you kind of came out at a weird time. And I when I say come out, Jared, I mean as a product. Thank you. Uh <laughs> thanks, they for, released, thanks for clarifying that. They grew up all in <laughs> in different contexts, is totally different, you know. <laughs> but all in, you, you decided to launch. Um I mean, right after COVID hit, like you're kind of, there's been some issues with getting parts and, you know, supplies. Mm. Like, have you, is that delayed things for you or has that not affected you too bad? I think it's impacted everybody. Um, it's it, the biggest thing for us is just the question mark. Um, so we do all of our designing and prototyping that all takes place here stateside. Um, we do that all ourselves. And then we have our fulfillment center that's out of Salt Lake. So we do all of our shipping and you know, yep. right now, obviously, I'm, I'm running a ton of the customer service just because I'm the only full-time guy running this. Um, got a lot of great partners, but full-time, it's just me. Um, but we do do like our manufacturing out of China. Um, and so it, when I was going through a bunch of due diligence, and we're still looking at, we're still betting out some, uh, some US-based companies because um, mm -hmm. we, we love to shift it that way. But for me, um, I was bootstrapping a lot of this business. I took a very small round of funding just for family and friends. Um, but most of it was, was bootstrapped. And um, as I was doing some due diligence, trying to find some good solutions stateside for manufacturing, it was just really hard to find a place I could go that could do all aspects of our product, which is injection molding, um, yeah. die cut plastic pieces, assembly, you know, packaging mm -hmm. and getting towards us and so um, I got connected with a company that's actually based out of Utah um, and they have a partner that lives in Utah and then they have a partner that lives in uh, you know China uh, in, near all the factories over there overseas and it was just really nice for me to be able to work through one contact to figure out yeah. all aspects of the manufacturing process and so for me it wasn't even like a price thing it was more quality and efficiency of being able to get this thing ready and get it to the point where I could go hit the market. And so that's kind of why I went, went there. And the biggest issues that I've had is just, um, they haven't, everything's actually gone pretty smooth as far as getting into us, but it is that question mark on what's happening with tariffs. Um, yeah. what's happening with, you know, when is, when is somebody gonna, you know, make somebody mad enough that they're just going to shut down the ports and it's going to delay getting things here. And so, so far it's gone pretty smooth as far as timeline goes, but that's always my biggest concern is, you know, what is going to happen in the future? 
And that's why as we're going through and doing this, um, we've got to do our due diligence and figure out solutions here stateside, right? Yeah. Um, but so far, it's been a pretty good experience. Uh, you get hit with some additional fees um, when you're doing it overseas. Um, but for the most part, uh, it's been a good experience. And we haven't had too many crazy bottlenecks yet. Not right. with it. Yeah, that, that's a lot of moving pieces. And like to, to work, start working it out at the beginning, I've heard it's tough. We're working with a company right now um, who's, I think they're probably two years at least behind on the release of like a new product mm -hmm. because of COVID and like yeah. how restriction and how restricted they are in getting uh, certain materials. Uh, and like you said, you're, you haven't seen that bottleneck, but for them, there's a few parts of what they want to do is uh, like just non-existent right now which is wild wild to me yeah i've got some friends that run another business and they were able to get their product to the states to california to the ports quickly but one of the things they ran into is it's literally just been stuck on us in a storage bin for months because of you know covid issues and also just they don't have enough workers um you know there's a lot of money that's just being sent out um and people don't feel the need to work as much, I guess. And so they have a problem finding workers that can get some of that inventory checked and in through faster. And so um, I know that's been a challenge too, but I'm hoping that we're on the upside of it and not the downside of it. Yeah. Um, there's there's some rumors that there's some tariffs that might be lifted, which would be awesome for companies over here. Um, we have fairly we have fairly decent margins on, on what we do, but those companies that, that don't have good margins, like you just feel you feel terrible because when, when these unexpected things happen and there's more fees, like it's hard for them to stick around, even if they have an awesome, incredible product because they're, they're getting hit so hard with those types of fees. And so, um, yeah, hopefully we're on the upside, but, but we'll see. I think it's uh, just kind of a question mark, right? Yeah. You, uh, you said you, you guys have spotters right now, certain spot spotting scopes. What do you, what are they, what is, all in work with right at the moment. Yeah. So we launched with the Vortex Razor HD Gen 2 spotting scope. So that's the all green spotting scope. Um, we've got the Sarwovsky ATX STX, which is like their newest spotting scope. And then also the Sarwovsky ATS STS. Um, that's kind of their older, a little bit older model. And then we also launched with a Maven S1A. And then we, we we don't advertise this yet on our website, but we actually have some of the Koas. I think that's how you pronounce it. I don't know if it's Koa or um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce it, but we've had um, some of our adapters fit some of the Koas, like the TE11WZ eyepiece. Um, and so that's what we launched with was that batch of optics. Again, we wanted to get into people's hands. We knew some of those were some of the more popular optics. We wanted to get good feedback. But right now we've got Leupold's in the work, uh, the SX2, SX4, SX5. Um, we've got the Sarwaski BTX, which is their double eyepiece for their spotter. Oh, yeah. Uh, we've got um, some, some older Vortex, uh, not older, just some... Um, some other models, the Diamondback HDs, the Viper HDs, um, and then the Vortex Razor Gen 1. There's a lot of people that run that. That's the gray and green spotter that's got like the double knobs. Okay. Yep. Yep. That, um, one's that, that one's in the pipe right now. Uh, and then a handful of more. And then we're working on binocular adapters right now. And I'm hoping that we can launch another batch of optics before the end of the year. Or so for, for the holidays, but um, 
that's kind of what that's kind of where we're at and kind of the optics we launched with you've got the 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 razor do you have a razor or diamond back spotter it is the diamond back you have it uh next can i put in a request for the uhd uh, binoculars for vortex that would be uh, yeah those are yeah we we actually I, i'm prototyping those out this weekend we've got oh, prototypes cool. for those our manufacturers actually already have the designs on those so the way the process works i'm revealing all my secrets but i think it's fun <laughs> for people to hear that want to go start a start a business right yeah, but, no one else do this man be cool we do a lot of in-house design here and 3d print with 3d printers that we have which they're good printers but they're not like you know those Two hundred thousand plus dollar machines right. where you're pumping out something that almost looks like it was injection molded, and so when we dial in and get a prototype functioning the way we're we're confident with, we then send those files to our manufacturers and they send us really high end three D prints that almost look like injection molds, and we test that and then make sure that's working well, and then that's what they base the injection mold designs off of. Gotcha. So then that's we need sweet. to do anything like that, and so. Right now, the one that you just mentioned, they're actually shipping it to us right now from China. Um, some of those Ultra HD, Ultra HD. Some of our partners actually run those quite a bit, even more than spotters. Is, is I, I swapped out my Ida spotter. I swapped it out. I mean, just because I like your eye gets tired, it's kind of a pain to find it. And so I got just 18 by 56s that I'll just take out, take them out when I'm blasting or whatever. Um, and I just like that a lot more. I feel like it's easier to use and it's way easier on your eyes. Yeah. Especially the hunting you guys do like those vinyls are, are awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, so you got, you have some stuff coming out. You have, um, sounds like you've got, uh, plans for a whole bunch of other stuff to come out. So you guys are doing pretty well. Things seem to be going well for all in. Yeah, we've had a really good, we've had a really good launch. Um, you know, I can't credit that just to myself. We've got some incredible partners that have helped push, push the product out there. But what's been really cool is it's been really cool to see word of mouth really get this thing moving. Um, yeah. We haven't really paid a ton in, in ad spend. So nobody's really seeing us pop up through like paid ads, like on Facebook right. or Instagram. A lot of it's through organic growth. And um, to me, that's just a reflection that the product's in a really good position really good place that people are telling our friends we've had tons of people come back and order more we've had yeah it's gone it's gone about as good as i could have hoped probably even better than i hoped we set a very ambitious goal for for our first month and yeah. we we crushed that goal um maybe i wasn't ambitious enough when we launched but <laughs> it was a it was a good thing to see and it yeah we with just four optics that's what's been crazy with just that's the four that we're offering right now it's been cool to see and obviously there's a lot of um people that are anxious and biting at the bits to get it for other optics so we're pushing as hard as we can to get there but um we're some of those guys yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the thing that's interesting is you spend every almost all the things you mentioned are thousands of dollars worth of optics right to to increase the usage of something that you've invested so much money in that you'll have for so long optics i think could be those things you i would give to my kid you know, right. you know, that's like a, that they last forever. If you treat yeah, the spotting scope I use was one I got from my dad. And right, it, it works great, and yeah. and like spend a little extra money. That's a fraction of the cost of those to increase the ability to use them. Or like, you know, for me, I, I love doing this kind of thing when I take. I've got a, a ten year old and my wife, and so mm -hmm. to like go glass, throw it up, and have everybody be able to look at the screen mm -hmm. is huge. And so now, 
as I, that's one of my, my tricks for getting somebody had just messaged us on Instagram the other day, how you get your kids into like hunting and out of the outdoors. Just like, yeah. One of the things has been just like, now my daughter has like such a good game. eye. like, she can spot stuff that's like awesome. because she just, we got, it turned, it turned into like this fun game that we did a lot. And a lot of it had to do with the fact that like, if I can throw my spotter out, pop a phone on and all of a sudden everybody can see it. It's all exciting. Like that's a, that's a cool product. And that, that, that has a lot of influence. Oh, for sure. How old's the daughter? She's 10. She just turned 10. Well, while we were in Alaska, while we were in Alaska. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of father leaves her daughter for her birthday. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) You know, no, she was with us. Oh, she was with you. Oh, that's I, you know, I, I can't say, you know, can't be my high horse about bringing your kids outdoors and then leave her home when I go to Alaska. Yeah. Uh, no, she, that's been one of, that's been one of my favorite things about this product that we launched with is it's so user-friendly that it yeah. does help. It, it helps bring the kids in. So when I was doing like two years ago, when I was doing some early prototyping, I had a couple of hunting buddies come over and I had a couple of spotting scopes set up in our kitchen. And I had some of these other digiscoping adapters set up um, yeah. for them to, you know, I said, hey, come in and put these on. Tell me what your experience is. And I wanted to see, you know, let's see how long it takes you to do this. And then I had my four-year-old daughter literally walk by with our with, with my adapter in the phone case. And she's four years old and she comes on and she connects it to the spotter faster than those guys could that have been using those other <laughs> products, you know, years and it's really cool, you know, when you're on, even if you're not hunting, you're just going out and you want to capture wildlife, like to take your kids and for them to be able to all stare at the phone. Cause we know all of our kids know technology. They're good at staring at phones and, and iPads to be able for them to be able to actually see the animals and see what's going on. Like you don't get that when you're trying to explain to them how to look through a spotting scope, especially at a young age. Right. And so yeah, that's an awesome part yeah. for me. Yeah. Yep. And then there's, and like you said earlier, I mean, there's that and there's the time that sometimes I'll go without my family and I want to like show them, Hey, check out what I saw. Mm-hmm. Here's a video of it. Right. I, I love, I love to tell, I love to come back. And like when I came back from Alaska, I'm like, check this out. Here's a mm-hmm. video of me missing out of caribou. I posted it today. I posted it today. I know you did. I saw and that. I posted the proof of how bad the um the tune was because i showed a picture of the paper that i shot it through oh geez uh, so yeah anyways uh well so no we're, we're coming up on time here but like, like i said i wanted to have you on i wanted to hear from you uh and just first of all yeah, say you guys have added uh value to uh you know people's optics i think yeah. if that's fair to say um for for people who want to follow along, who are maybe looking for, uh, you know, this phone adapter for their optics or, or whatever else, how can they find you? Where, where do they look? Yeah. So our website's O-L-L-I-N.co. And then we've got Instagram, social media. It's all in company. Um, just look for the big red or white logo uh, like this one here in the background. Um, right. and, and, and that's us. Uh, we haven't had too many people create the fake accounts with that logo yet. I know that's coming, but uh, that will do a giveaway. Yeah, that's, and if anybody has questions, like if they want to call and chat, like email support at allin.co. So support at O-L-L-I-N.co, you know, most likely I'll be the one responding. And I jump on call literally like 
when I was waiting for this podcast to start, somebody messaged and asked a question about one of the COAs that our adapter fits on. I literally called him like right before this and just explained it. He just like couldn't believe that I was calling him. And I'm happy to chat with anybody that has any questions. And that's something that I hope we can continue to do as we grow is just continue to provide, provide that human to human interaction with our yeah. customer support because it's so much easier to answer questions. And, and we also know like our website looks really good, but there's some flaws to it. We're a new company and sometimes people have questions and um, we just want to make sure we're answering as, as easily as we can. So they can also email us at, at support at all in.co. Awesome. Hey, Nate, thank you so much. It was really good to meet you. Uh, and well, same. Uh, check them out, everybody. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks. Nate. Yeah. Let me know when you guys are coming out West. Peace out. Absolutely. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode. We really do appreciate it. If you want to go on to any kind of social media platform, give us a like, share, subscribe. You know, it really helps us out. Keeps the train rolling. And if you guys really like what you're listening here, give us a five-star Either way, if, even if you don't like it. Even if you don't like review. it, five stars. That'd Helps cool. everyone out. We'll see you out there.